You're listening to the Bible 126 podcast. Verse 10, herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. Herein is love, not that we love God. We don't love God as we ought, but God just keeps on loving us. I heard a mother say one time to her child, dear, don't do that. God won't love you. Yes, he will. He'll keep on loving you. Sometimes people say to me, God love you. Well, he does. God loves everybody. He has a special love for his children. He had a complacent love for his son. He spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But he has benevolent love for all people. And he loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, I'm not a Christian because I'm afraid of hell. If I had no other reason, I'd be a Christian. Don't misunderstand. There is a hell, and it's an awful place. It's God's penitentiary. Jesus preached about it. Yet a lot of people say a God of love will not let sinners go to hell. I suppose they think they know more about love than Jesus whose heart first with love as he hanged on a cross. I suppose they think they know more about love than he who is God himself, Jesus Christ. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you are saved. God loves his son, God loves Israel, God loves those who believe in Christ, God loves the world, but most important of all, God loves you. He loves you. God does not love populations, he loves people. He does not love masses, he loves men. He loves us all with a mighty love that has no beginning and can have no end. Are you aware of how much God loves you? You are loved by the Father. He loves you. He loves you more than you could ever know, more than I can ever express to you. J.I. Packer in his classic Knowing God said, what matters supremely is not the fact that I know God, but the larger fact which underlies it, that He knows me. I am graven on the palms of his hands. I'm never out of his mind. All my knowledge of him depends on his sustained initiative in knowing me. I know him because he first knew me and he continues to know me. He knows me as a friend. He knows me as one who loves me. And there is no moment in my life when his eye is off of me or his attention is distracted from me. And no moment, therefore, when his care falters. He loves me and is constantly taking knowledge of me in his love. God's love is uncaused. You can't make him love you because he already does. God's love is unreasonable. It doesn't make any sense, but it's true. 
God's love is unending. There's nothing you can do to keep him from continuing to love you. He's loved you from the beginning and he'll love you all the way to the end. Nothing you will ever do could make God love you more than he loves you right now. Not greater achievement, not greater beauty, not wider recognition, not even greater levels of spirituality and obedience. Nothing you have ever done could make God love you any less. Not any sin, not any failure, not any guilt, not any regret. God loves you. He always has and he always will. When he wrote his letter to the Ephesians, Paul said it this way, God's love for us is according to the good pleasure of his will. Why does he love us? Because he chooses to. God's love for us is uncaused, it's unprompted, it's uninfluenced, it's free, it's spontaneous. There is nothing we can do to cause God to love us, and there is nothing we can do to prevent Him from loving us. God loves us because He has chosen to love us, and He loves us because that's all He can do. God is love. Life's three greatest words. Contrary to what is believed, God is love is not three greatest words. Able to heal is not the three greatest words. Able to save is not the three greatest words. The three greatest words in life, and you will need them, because in a few moments when the AC goes out and the lights flash out, your hoop-de-loo will stop and your goosebumps will shut down, and the inspiration will probably not last very long, and you won't have to remember some of the stuff that was said and what you promised to do, and life will show up like a freight train and almost run you slap over. That's when you need to get up off the railroad car and say, I am persuaded. I'm sorry it wasn't more revelatory and moving than you expected, but it took a guy from his whole life to glory, and he walked through his life just saying, I am persuaded that neither life nor death, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor death, nor any other creature can separate me. I'm not persuaded by the sermon. I'm not persuaded by what I feel. I am persuaded by what I know. And I know I'm loved by a love that will not let me go. You don't need to dial your prayer partner. You don't want to go on a 7,000 day fast. All you got to do is wake up one day and you'll say, come hell or high water. I am persuaded God is for me. And if God is for me, it doesn't matter who or what is against me. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And it's unending. God's love is unending. The Bible says that God is love. And the Bible also says that God is eternal. So if God is love and God is eternal, then God's love has to be eternal. He's the everlasting God. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is the one who is and who was and who is to come. He's the Almighty. We all divide time into past, present, and future, but God doesn't live in those categories. God's name is I am, not I was or I will be. I am. He inhabits eternity. He's the King eternal. 
Of him the psalmist wrote, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Now since God is eternal and God is love, his love is eternal and that means that the love he will have for us in the future will never be greater than his love for us now. And his love for us now is not greater than it has been in the past. He loves us with an everlasting eternal love and the prophet Jeremiah put it this way, the Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. How awesome to know that before the worlds were created, God set his love upon you, upon me. Before we had any being, God loved us. Why am I a Christian? It's in the text. We love him because he first loved us. We don't love him as we ought. Here in his love, not that we loved him, but that he loved us. But now, when we have him, we love him because he first loved us. That's what brought me to Jesus. I saw one hanging on a tree in agony and blood. He fixed his languid eyes on me as near his cross I stood. Sure, never till my latest breath shall I forget that look. It seemed to charge me with his death, though not a word he spoke. My conscience felt and owned the guilt and plunged me in despair. I saw my sins his blood had spilled and helped to nail him there. Another look he gave, which said I freely all forgive. This blood is for thy ransom paid. I die that thou mayest live with pleasing grief and mournful joy. My spirit off is filled to think that I should such a life destroy, yet live by him I kill. In the very blood that my sins brought out of his blessed veins, the guilt of nailing him there was washed away. He loved me. That got hold of me, my friend. It drew me to him. It bound me. And he loves you. He took your hell for you. If you had been the only sinner who ever lived, he would have died for you just as he died for us all. He loves you. He suffered infinite agony that you might have everlasting life. Why not receive him as your Savior? If you have him, yield your life to him. We love him because he first loved us. I may fall down in the mud. Don't you worry about me. Old J.W. is getting his carcass back up. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. For when I fall, not if I fall, not if I fall, when I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be my light. I don't need to feel nothing. I don't need to play a tape. I don't need a phone call. I don't need you to pat me on the back, blow my nose, or help me. I am persuaded. And if I am persuaded, I am unbeatable. 
you better be persuaded there's more to this stuff than feeling good there's more to this stuff than hearing songs and hearing sermons something's got to get in your spirit when you get ready to leave here when you face all kinds of chaos and trouble you've got to look at it and say i don't care what goes on i am persuaded Persuaded, and if I am persuaded, I am unbeatable. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can see more podcasts on anchor.fm forward slash Bible 126. Also, there is a feature there where you can sponsor or make a donation to this page. Thank you, and stay tuned for more episodes.